I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. WNBA free agency saw a lot of movement, big names changing teams. Now that things have calmed down, let's discuss the moves and what is the current state of the WNBA. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash winsider less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com that's winsider.com are you looking to get tickets for the upcoming WNBA season thanks to our sponsor TickPick, you don't have to worry the original no fee ticket site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion chicago sky use the link TickPick.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. Again, that's TickPick.com backslash Winsider. Rachel, before we get into all the free agency news, some news broke today. And I don't admit breaking isn't the right wording or whatever you want to say. but Reporting. Reporting came out today. A great article from Howard Megdal. um, Just talking about you know the the tug of war of in my mind from a grand scale of this league's growth and it kind of dives into some key aspects key details um of the last season of the you know hot topics in the w so let me just dive in with it what in my mind were the key bullet points of this article everyone should go check it out it's been retweeted all over social media if you haven't already seen it um, it's not hard to find, but the key points in my mind and Rachel, feel free to interrupt me or, mm-hmm. you know, add something, whatever, as always, um, <laughs> last year, the New York Liberty charted flights for most of the games, if not all of the away games following the all-star game, a direct violation of the league rules. The team was fined 50 K for that league violation and Joseph Sy, the team owner, worked out a deal, separate from this, worked out a deal with a charter company to sponsor team charter flights for all 12 teams for the next three years. But it was voted down. They did not have a majority vote by the league owners. Um, I'll let you react first. I I could go on like a mile long rant about this. So I'll let you react first because I know you got strong feelings also. Well, first off, it was 500K for the team fine, um, which is, I, I believe, I believe I read it is a league record um of of a team of a fine so um all sorts of i mean yeah this was this was a bombshell i mean this was incredible reporting this was really fascinating because i think for for me this exemplifies kind of like the direction the league is going um while still you have to you have to pay attention to kind of what was and where we're trying to go and just the growing pains that are going to be associated with this and i mean on one hand, it's like, you know, you have these owners that are willing and able to invest into these teams to, to, to have the resources that we all, we all so desperately want. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to find, and, and we're going to, honestly, I, I think in some ways I, I agree 
that they did get off pretty easily for blatantly <laughs> just oh, it was a joke for blatantly going against the CBA, you know, the rules and, and, and literally just saying, we're not going to follow it. We're going to, we're going to take these charter flights on one hand. I think that it was, they got off pretty, pretty easy. Um, on the other hand, I love that they still chose to do it. We could talk about the competitive advantage and, you know, I think there's both sides are, I'm just shocked by all of it, to be honest with you. I mean, the fact that we didn't even know any of this was going on too, through the course of the season or the back end of the season. Um, so, I mean, you know, you have to be able to sit down and look at all sides of the coin here. And I'm still very much taking in some of this information and, um, you know, it's only been out for a few hours now. So I, I'm very curious to kind of me personally ask around and ask some questions and just try to continue to educate myself on this. But yeah, I mean, to blatantly um, ignore the rules and go do this, you, you know, you can't, you can't fault the WNBA for having to do some sort of reactionary uh, disciplinary action. I mean, they, they have to, um, what, what was chosen, what was talked about. I mean, the suspension of the entire, one of the oldest franchises in the league and like a, a, a marksman franchise in the league. That's the shocking part to me. Like, you know, we're, we already struggle enough with roster spots and, and, and we're, we're all so amped up for expansion of the league. And here we are talking about like potentially, you know, eliminating this franchise. That was a bit shocking to me. Um, you know, so again, a lot of pieces that I'm still kind of very much taking in and it's like, wow, I mean, these new age owners and what they're able to bring to the table and what, what they're able to invest, these investors can bring. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And that's, that's the direction where this is going, but you have kind of a clash of this older school ownership group where, and this is the part for me of that article that was so shocking that it was like, okay, competitive advantage. All right. Well, we found a way where we can provide these charter flights for everybody in the league for three years. Basically, I guess at no cost, I don't know how, you know, how exactly that would have worked, but, but it was shot down by the majority because of what was the reasoning? It was, um, they didn't want, well, I, I have, to I, to Rachel, it. I, I have, well, no, I, I have a quote or a, okay. a tweet put out by the WPA, um, the Players Association of the WNBA, and they said that this just came out. On September 13th, according to a source familiar with the call, the WNBA Board of Governors considered an unofficial proposal from the Liberty to make chartered flights the default travel option for WNBA teams. Liberty said they'd found a way to get it comped for everyone in the league for three years, but it lacked majority support. Some owners worried that the players would get used to it so there'd be no going back, and others wondered whether players might just prefer a salary hike instead. Well, that came from the article, so they must have just been retweeting yeah. quotes from the article. But yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting right there. Um, I think for me, my personal take, without, again, asking a lot of questions and learning more that you know we don't necessarily know, is how do you turn that down? You know, I mean, afraid that they might get used to it. All right, so we can't, put that in place and give these women, the, these professionals, the best of the world, the type of travel that we've all been talking about for years now. And we're just afraid that like in the, we, we can't find a way to sustain it beyond three years from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just find it absolutely shocking mm -hmm. that that was shot down. Um, and I'm curious as to why, what, what some of those people who choose to shot that, that, what, what was the reasoning? Because I'm looking at it as an outsider and I'm going, well, that seems like a no brainer to me. Um, 
but you know, for me, it's like, you have to be able to take those risks. This league, what we've seen, especially in my opinion, the last three, four years, the growth, the trend, where this is going really makes me like, I really believe that in that, in those three years, we couldn't find a way to sustain charter flights and find further investment and find, you know, ways to keep that travel something where it didn't just all of a sudden have to go back to we're flying commercial. Like I, I, that was the most shocking part to me. Yeah. I mean, my, my reaction is kind of similar with you. I, I think maybe I'm more of a hard ass, excuse my language where I'm like, the the 500k was just a joke like the when when i saw the article talk about eliminating the team or whatever the hell it was that's stupid that's ridiculous i agree um the idea of finding them with draft picks i think is a much more applicable fine just because it's a competitive advantage there's no if ands or buts about it interesting enough i saw someone tweet out that the the team's record during that period of time was not that great. Maybe they were enjoying uh, the chartered flights a little bit too much. Well, yeah, that's, that's another joke, point too. Like that's when the Liberty were like losing every game. Like, for, correct me if I'm wrong. Remember that was like the back end of the yeah. season, and like they were really struggling. Yeah. When they like, you know, Jar Jar Binksed into. But you have the to finals, admit, it is a competitive. Playoffs, I mean. it, it is a competitive oh, advantage, 100. It is a hundred. You can't have it both ways. You can't sit here and say you know, how bad it is to fly charter and all the, the negative aspects of it, or sorry, to fly commercial and all the negative aspects of it. And then on the flip side, say, well, it's not a competitive advantage. Like, I get it. A lot of players are out there saying, this is ridiculous. How can you find them? Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure some players are also saying that amount of a fine means absolutely nothing to a billionaire. Um, the thing for me is, well, also an interesting aspect should fines come out of the salary cap or where should the fines come from? Cause is it just hitting the owner's pocketbook? I don't know how that works. That's an interesting aspect to me. For me, it's just that it's this simple. I completely agree with you, Rachel. It's absurd and idiotic for the owners to sit there and say, Joseph Sai uh, spent a few months and got this deal with a charter organization for the whole league. And for the the rest of the owners, the 11 other owners, well, it's more because it's not just one person, but for the 11 other owners to then sit there and say, we can't do the same in three years is idiotic in my mind. And it makes absolutely no sense to be quite blunt. It's very clear the trajectory of the league and where they're going. We're going to be bigger and better in three years, and we could probably get an even better charter deal in three years. I don't know. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. The other thing is this. I agree with you. This is a complete violation of the rules. It's a competitive advantage. It should have been punished more. We can say in the same breath, you know, hey, we want better for this league. But at the same time, we don't want teams cheating. And I like the point that you made about this is going to be part of the growing pains of this league. We have these these old owners that, you know, we can shame them for this vote and i completely agree for shaming them for this vote the thing i don't want to do is to raise up these new owners as like these you know godsend heroes or whatever when in reality let's talk about it they view this as a business move also they said in their minds nowadays the WNBA is a worthy investment so we're going to put our chips in the table and we're going to buy a team where were they five years ago where were they 10 years ago right like we have older scale owners, and by older scale, I mean they've been around the league much longer, who say what you want, they've been invested in this league, and without them, we wouldn't have a league. We've seen what happens when uh, Dolan wanted to get rid of the Liberty and how long it took to find an owner. When the Houston Comets left Houston because 
you know, as successful as they were there, they were not able to find a Houston owner. So they had to move around. Like in my mind, I just think it's much more nuanced and gray area than a lot of people want to give it credit for. No, I think, I think that's fair. I mean, that's why I personally am fascinated on asking questions and understanding the different sides of sides of this. Mm -hmm. You know, I can have my initial reaction of like, holy crap, why the hell would we why the hell would the league do this? You know, I honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm actually fine with a $500,000 fine. Like personally, I'm like, okay, good. I don't want to see the Liberty gone. I love what the Liberty did, you know, in some ways, like, it's like, hell yeah. Like someone takes some initiative here and let's do it. But, but go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, no. All I want to say is like, we're, we're talking as if like the 500 or $500, <laughs> the 500,000 <000 laughs> fine is like the bare minimum and the team like being uh, excommunicated, whatever you want to call it, defunct, whatever is the high line. I feel like there is a middle ground. And and while I agree with the sentiment of the 500 K being like the smallest thing ever, I, I just think that like, if you, if you want to be serious and, th- and this is a, a big thing, you know, when it comes to league rules, it is a, j- and I, I don't say this lightly, it is the way that the WNBA enforces some rules is a joke. And I think this exemplifies it. That's all. Hey, it still was a record fine. Which does that <laughs> like, is this, is this the worst thing that's ever happened in the W? I, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Well, it, certainly but, um, is, it certainly is unprecedented. You know, I mean, it's like it shows you like like we're going to look at this moment who knows, hopefully sooner than later, you know, three years from now, four years from now, we're going to be talking about this moment and this reporting and kind of what happened with the Liberty and that ownership group. And like, it's right. It's no matter which way you spin it, it's, 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 it's raising the bar one way or well, another. That, and, and that's what somebody said to me. Somebody was like, and I want to give Miles Ehrlich credit for this, but I don't know if it was him. So uh, don't give him credit, people. Uh, no, but but he said something to the effect of like, or maybe it was Chris, someone said this to me and they were like, you know, Joseph Sy sat there and said, oh, 500K to make this public and like push the needle and progress this league. That's nothing. Let's do it. Um, and and th- truly, that's what it is, right? Like, yeah, it's an unprecedented fine in the grand scheme of things. It's diddly to him and it will be, it will be a turning point in my mind. Sorry. Yeah, no. And I'm honestly shocked. It took this long to come out, to be honest with you. Um, you know, not, not that I I know when, when the right time would have been, but it's like, this is really interesting that this is Mm. coming out right now. Um, well, the other aspect, Rachel, that we don't even need to necessarily get into, but you just brought it up is the timing of it. mm -hmm. If this comes out right before free agency, is that considered tampering to an extent? I mean, to a degree, this news coming out, I don't know if I would call it tampering to the degree where like you need to find them more. But when players find out that, hey, this owner basically said, F it to the rule book. I'm flying you guys private. I'm taking you to Napa, blah, blah, blah. Like, end of the day, if that doesn't make players, like in the same way that we talked about with MGM, I forget what it was. I believe Matt Ellentuck had an article um, a few years back about how MGM was like finding ways that weren't explicitly written in uh, the CBA, finding ways to get their players more money or better living situations or, or something to that effect. Um, and how players just wanted that and wanted to vibe towards that and go towards that. I think it's a similar thing. Well, and some, someone brought up the question to me too. Like, well, like, but I mean, this, this is the new CBA. Why would they agree to it if they didn't, if they didn't like it? And I was kind of bringing that question to you too. I said, well, 
it is the rules in the CBA that was agreed upon amongst league and players of the league. Um, yeah, I, I take that with a huge grain of salt. And, and, for and sure, I, for I, sure, for you sure. know, cause like, look, end of the day, that's like saying, okay, well, the, the, the players don't have a right to like advocate for more money or for anything different because they agreed to that contract. The, the whole reason, the, the, the simplistic response to that in my mind is just, they signed the CBA because that was the best they felt they could get at that point. At not that because, moment. yes, Which was not what, because two years ago. Yeah, exactly. Not because they felt that this was the perfect deal. I don't think anybody came out after it and said, this is a perfect CBA. Let's sign it for the life of the existence of the league. No, it's never a perfect CBA. The whole idea is we agree to this, but you know, we're still going to use our voice to uh, bring up what we feel should be better and can be better. And, and then they should. Yeah, it um, Any final it's thoughts? amazing how just that 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 CBA already almost feels dated with how much this conversation and the growth of this league is being rapidly, you know, discussed and talked about and pushed for and advocated for. It's it's like wow, okay, you know, like I I just again I come back to this moment about we talk about the way they travel, um, and we're gonna be talking about this for a long time, and I think there's a lot to unpack. And again, I just go back to that whole three year thing where everybody could have had the opportunity to fly charter in a way that the league never had never seen before. This was groundbreaking and that was voted down. I, I genuinely want to ask questions and try to understand, like I want to see both sides of the coin. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And also like to your point about the CBA feeling dated, I do feel like it's, I don't know. There, there's a term for it. I don't know the term, whatever. But basically in the sense of like when it happened at the time, like we were all happy about it, but I feel like it it was groundbreaking. But even at that time, Rachel, I maybe I'm making this up in my mind. I feel like you and I had a conversation at that time where like this is groundbreaking and this is, you know, two steps forward for the league in general. But it's still not like we all understood. And and honestly, I feel like one of our biggest critiques of it back then was the period of time. I want to say it was like an eight year period. Um, that the period of time that the CBA was in agreement to. I know that there's an opt-out clause after like five years or something like that. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but I, I do feel like not to, you know, pat ourselves on the back. I do feel like, you know, it was a situation where we knew this was growth, but we knew that it wasn't done, right? Like it's it's almost, for to make a WNBA analogy, it's like the Connecticut Sun. We've seen growth through them over the past five years, um, getting from no playoffs to playoffs to losing the same round over and over and over to making it to the finals to being the top seeded team in the regular season. We understand that there was growth there, but it's not the growth that we expect from them. We expect a championship. We expect more growth from the W. Uh, any final thoughts on on this bombshell of news before we move on to what this episode's supposed to be about 20 minutes later? I also, um, I also, <laughs> free agency. I also just think you're seeing such a discrepancy of the teams that have money and the teams that don't. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the team's operating in the red versus the team with these superpower, high power ownership investment groups. You know, it's like, and, and it's, you know, we, we could talk about other leagues as well, but for, for me, you know, you're like, wow, this is really, and I'll use the Chicago Sky, for example. They just won the championship. I think it's phenomenal that they won the championship. They don't have the same type of ownership and investment group as the Las Vegas Aces or the, the Liberty. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there is such a discrepancy and ownerships and, and resources here that is like glaring. Um, that, that's mm-hmm. my final point. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a whole nother episode we can dive into. <laughs> um, 
Well, let's talk about the teams that made the real moves. I don't know why I say the real moves. Let's talk about teams that made... <laughs> right? I don't know why I wrote that. Free agency moves. Yeah, I wrote real moves in our show notes. And now I'm like, what was I thinking when I wrote that? Um, l- let's talk about it. I'm going to run down the list. Uh, not every team's moves. You know, I like as as we always talk about, there's a lot of training camp contracts. There's a lot of contracts or players who are signing um, who are not going to make the end of day roster. And it sucks. I hope I wish we had more spots in the league. But, you know, I want to talk about, um, you know, the big moves, the names that player that I think are going to make large impacts um, and and see where it goes from there. So I'm just going to list it down. Then we're going to talk about, you know, our reaction, our thoughts, whatever. Minnesota Lynx, they bring back Sylvia Fowles and Leja Clarendon and they bring in Angel McCautry, which is a really interesting move. The LA Sparks bring in Katie Lou Samuelson, Liz Cambage and Kennedy Carter. The Chicago Sky bring in Emma Mieseman and Julie Alamon, and they bring back Sloot, Quiggs, and Copper. The Connecticut Sun bring back Courtney Williams, bring back a few years later, and John Quill Jones. New York Liberty signed Steph Dolson and the Spida. Um, the Mercury, they got Tina Charles, Diamond to Shields, and bring back Sophie Cunningham. The Seattle Storm get Brian January and bring back Stewie for one year, which is a key talking point, and Jewel Lloyd for two years, another key talking point. And the Washington Mystics bring back Tiana Hawkins. Um, you know, don't forget about Gabby Williams. We, and Gabby Williams goes to Seattle also. I apologize. <laughs> um, a, a lot of interesting moves, a lot of shifts in here, and and the thing that I like so much about this is. It's every team, not every team, but there's so many teams now that they can tell their fan base, we're poised for a deep playoff run. I wish the playoffs were longer, so a deep run would make more sense. Um, but like, so many teams can can look back at this and say, hey, we had a great free agency. Hey, we really did it. If if you had one, you know, one vote, Rachel, for who won free agency in your mind, um, who are you talking about? Who are you thinking? For me, it's really tough between Chicago and LA, but I have to give the nod to Chicago because of, you know, just, just, they got better. They found a way to, to not just bring back their championship core, but to get better pieces around them, in my opinion. Um, and that's, that's not going to be surprising to anybody. I mean, we've, we've been talking about it for weeks now. So, but, but, but I mean, LA, I think deserves to be right up there at the top of the conversation. So I, I'm similar with you where it's Chicago and LA, but I'm going with LA and, and I'll put it as simple as this. The one thing I haven't seen Chicago do yet, and it pains me if anybody listens to this, this, this show, this, these episodes that we normally do. And Rachel, you know, this, it pains me to say this, but I haven't seen Chicago fill the hole that Steph, Dol- Steph Dolson leaves. I love the idea of Emma playing alongside Candace Parker with Ezra Stevens. Do not get me wrong. I love that idea. But at the same exact time, I would like to see Chicago find a way to bring in some more size um, for depth in that big position. And then you look at L.A. I mean, L.A. has moved the needle more than any other team, right? Like, yeah, the Phoenix Mercury did some nice job getting Diamond Sophie back uh, and Tina Charles. For me, the the honestly, the addition of Tina Charles is going to be a subtraction um, unless, you know, she takes a bench role. Um, Hot but, the, but the way... What? I said hot take. 
I, I think it's pretty lukewarm. <laughs> I think people, I, I, and maybe I'm just a hater. I don't know. They call me a hater, yay. But like at the end of the day, I just think you're taking away one of your, like Turner is just that good of a player. And I would not start Tina over Turner just for the obvious issues that it's going to cause. Um, I do want to, because I'm from Minnesota, give a shout out to the Minnesota Lynx because I think they did one of the more intriguing moves, right? Like we know what the Mystics get from bringing back Hawkins. Shout out to Tiana Hawkins, who had an amazing um, AU season where she just dominated like scoring. She scored like over 30 in every game she played in, which is just ridiculous, but lovely to see. Um and then, you know, the Seattle Storm at January and bring back some some players that the, the team is used to. And obviously, Courtney Williams going back to the sun. But the intriguing one, I think the move that intrigues me the most besides L.A., because L.A. just moved the needle without a doubt. They, they brought talented, star-studded players to this team. And I think this catapults them into the playoffs. Where in the playoffs, I don't know. Like, best-case scenario, this is a championship contention team. Worst-case scenario... You know, the wheels fall off the wagon and they can't get out the station. But adding Angel McCautry to Minnesota is so freaking interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, you're never going to be able to perfectly fill the role that Fee has on that team with Fee likely being out the whole season with being pregnant. Um, But just the idea of the addition of Angel and the versatility of her if she's healthy um, and bringing her to that team is so interesting on so many levels and we we got to get we got to get Angel or Cheryl to come talk about you know just in depth what we're going to see from this cuz it, it like Rachel I think we were texting about this at one point um when the rumors started to swirl or when you know videos or photos were posted of her getting wined and dined in Minnesota with Fee that was an interesting aspect too was they were using Fee as their kind of uh, ambassador delegation to the Angel McCaudry camp. Um, at first, I was like, "How does that make any sense at all?" And the more and more I think about it, maybe I'm just convincing myself of it. It just intrigued me to no end, and I'm very excited uh, to see what happens with that team. Any other team that kind of sticks out to you that you're just like, I, "I'm excited to watch them play," so I can get a sense of this. I mean, <laughs> I just it just feels like there's such a clear cut like top five. <laughs> And then the rest, it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're okay being, maybe not okay, or maybe some of us are strategically trying to be, you know, in that lottery. Um, you know, you, you, I think Connecticut, <clears throat> obviously free agency was not going to be, um, you know, groundbreaking or have these bombshell moves, but I, I'm, I'm excited for Connecticut as a super team. I think Chicago, you have, you have to establish them as a super team. Seattle, with who they're bringing back this final year, a super team you have to talk about. Uh, Phoenix is a super team. I I think um, you know L.A. When, with when it comes to L.A. and Phoenix, I'm kind of sitting here like, what does this look like? Where whereas the others, Seattle, Chicago, Connecticut, you kind of know it's there's a consistency factor there for sure. Um, even though Chicago, Misamid, and Alamon are, are are huge additions, but like with L.A., they went out and just said we are going to get the best players available and we're going to attract top talent. And we're going to fix the one thing we couldn't do last year, and that was score the basketball. Well, now you brought you bring in just pure scorers from 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 all sorts of angles and an ability to stretch the floor. And Katie Lou Samuelson, and um, I just I just think that that's going to be very interesting. Like some of these teams, I wish we had reality shows that we could just <laughs> see right. how these teams integrate, how these players and how the team just 
kind of comes together from a chemistry standpoint. And I, and I have a lot of questions with Phoenix too. I mean, you know, it kind of comes back to like that whole Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson topic that we've, we've talked about for a few years now. Like how is that going to look with Griner and, and Tina? And I'm, I'm very fascinated with that, but, um, and then even, even Tina Diamond off too. the bench, Rachel, like I, and, and that's, and I know that maybe people see that as disrespectful. I think people are too hyped on Tina and maybe this is poster board material. And, she has like a picture of me and throws darts at me. But like, I just think the addition of like, we all talked about this diamond to shields needed a new place. I love her being with this mercury team. I think she adds an element that they really need. Yes. Um, I hope her three point game grows a little bit this season, but again, Tina Charles, I just feel like you, you said it best. The Asia Wilson, Liz Cambage 2.0 with Brittany Grant. And that's why in my mind, Tina comes off the bench. So often people look at coming off the bench as the sixth woman or the seventh as a negative, as an insult, especially if you were a top tier talent or a superstar. I always say, take a page out of the Renee Montgomery book, win championships. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about being a starter. (laughs) If if it's truly, 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 and we saw by her contract, maybe it was a forced upon her contract, but that she's taking less money so she can try and win a ring on a team she feels like she can win it on. I just think at the end of the day, you're better suited to go against like to have a great player go against the the backups so you can extend that lead. I don't know. It, it just frustrates me that people are like Turner has to start. She's too good on this team not to start. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about Turner, too, what she's brought to this team and, and the intangibles she brings to this team. And I just... It has to come down to roles and who's taking shots. Tina's coming from a situation in, in Washington where she had to get whatever, 20 shots a game. Um, maybe it wasn't that much, but you For know what I mean? Lose. You know, she's <laughs> leading the league in scoring and, 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 and just playing like just unbelievable. It's, it's not going to be that way. How you can't get the, you can't get Tina Charles types of shots, 2021 Tina, Tina Charles shots while getting Brittany Griner her types of shots. And I mean, I mean, that's just going to be really interesting to see how that, how that whole thing unfolds there in Phoenix. But I agree. I love the look of diamond there. I think that's, they, 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 they definitely got better. I think you're still going to have the same issues of, of depth and can they defend, but that's a topic for another day. I, I do want to, you know, bring up, you know, we really didn't have much to talk about with Dallas. And, and I think that was the right call. They didn't necessarily need to go reinvent the wheel. Um, I think you've got some decisions coming down the pike here where you move away from some of these quote unquote younger players, um, Indiana. I mean, don't get me started there. Um, New York. Well, wait, know. wait, 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 Indiana. <laughs> I do want to say the big news of with Tamika catching, stepping aside. I have so much respect for her in realizing that she has not lived up to, you know, her, I don't want to say ability, but like she hasn't, she hasn't lived up to her game, her playing name um, in the side of being the GM and stepping aside. I think it's hard for a lot of people to acknowledge that they aren't doing a good a job as they feel like they should be doing and that somebody else can do better and to let them in. Now that said, you know, give it a few years. Maybe she's by the side learning from Lyndon, learning from some other Which people. Which is what should have happened in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, to just be thrown into that situation, whether it was oh, welcomed with open arms or however that went down, you know, there's a there's a part of me that's like, 
you're, she was set up for failure. Now, again, I don't know the exact inner workings of the, of the fever organizational franchise, but it just kind of feels like, man, you know, and, and I don't think this has anything to do with her legacy. I don't think this tarnishes any, I, I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. And I respect her for her decision. Um, but I, you know, she should have gone into a situation where she could have been kind of groomed and learned alongside an experienced GM in the league and then stepped into that role. Yeah, no, I agree. Sorry. (laughs) Um, but I want to say, I want to, we, we haven't talked about New York. Um, I don't think that New York necessarily moved the needle with Steph Dolson. That's not a knock to Steph Dolson. I just think that, you know, obviously a lot of changes, you've got a new coach and Sandy Brondello, You've got a lot of players, franchise players, who were hurt last season. So this roster is still kind of to be determined. I don't think they necessarily had to go out and hit grand slams and reinvent the wheel here. It's a similar situation in my mind is kind of like a Dallas in some ways. It's like, you know, you, you've you got these assets and we want to see what these assets can be. And we want to, we want to, we want to let this, mm-hmm. we want to trust the process with this. So like for me, I think, you know, yeah, Steph Dolson brings an, a little bit of uh, on-court leadership, uh, locker room leadership, um, you know, vet vet experience that I think any team would be lucky to have. But, like, in my mind, it's like the Liberty are still two, three years away, and they're going to be a major, major, major problem. But, you know, this year, like, yeah, I mean, you, you, you get Natasha Howard healthy. You know, let's see what Sabrina can do. Let's see what some of these other players that really elevated their roles last year can do and in, in integrating in Sally, Sandy Brandello's system. Like, but I also think on, 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 on one hand, like, if they end up being a lottery team, it's not necessarily a fail in any, in any way, shape or form either. Um, and I think well, okay. okay. So I agreed with you on everything, Rachel, until you said that last thing. I think it's a fail because it's a fail for any team. To be a, right, so. like I don't every so. team. I don't. I, I don't think. And that's fine. We can that, disagree. That's not I a new think thing. That this draft, and and I mean, it's they they did not go into this free agency looking to hit like absolute grand. Sl- I mean, obviously they met with Brenna Stewart and and Jewel Lloyd, or you know the different reporting that came out during free agency. But this is a long term play. This is a process with the Liberty. Completely, and we're agree. still in Completely. those early kind of couple years you know, with, with the investment and the ownership of this team. It wasn't even that long ago. We were still up in the Westchester center. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you've got to do it right. And I think that even if this team ends up being a lottery team, they're, they're going to have highs. They're going to have peaks and valleys this season. I don't think like they're, I think that their front office is like that, that is very possible. And we're okay with that. Well, and, and I'll echo what you've said. And there's certain aspects that I completely agree and completely disagree. Like, I, I completely agree with you. You know, we're going to see a much healthier team. Even if they don't make the playoffs, they're going to be a scary team. I don't think we can deny that. Regarding hitting a home run with Steph Dolson, you're right. It wasn't a home run. So often, and this pisses me off. This, this steams my oh engine. God. This irks me. <laughs> um, No, like I think, and it happens with coaches and it happens with players too, where after some, like there's 12 people on the roster. There's, you know, six coaches in the locker room coaching. Just because you were part of the championship team, does not mean like it's an end-all be-all amazing signing amazing move like Steph Dolson I'm just gonna say this was not the reason they won the final she was key in some of those games down yes she was well in one game um (laughs) but no, no no like I agree she was key and very important but she's not the reason they won similarly you know when Marion Stanley coming off a championship year I believe it was championship year before she goes to Indiana um from uh Washington 
She was not the reason that the Mystics won the finals. I think so often, you know, teams try and bring on a player for whatever reason and use the marketing campaign of they're coming off a championship year. And this is why the team won because of them. And that's just not accurate. This team, this New York Liberty team is going to be much better. The addition, the addition of Steph Dolson is a good addition. It will help them. The bigger deal is if Sabrina's healthy, if Natasha Howard's healthy, and if Benajelani and a few of those other players can focus on not making stupid turnovers at half court behind, behind the back passes. that like That's the bigger deal at the end of the day. This team showed success. And I think the other thing that we haven't talked about enough with New York is having an experienced coach who knows how to coach different skills, different talents, and win games is going to be so key Tenfold. for this team with Tenfold. having Sandy Rondella. Yeah, yeah. So... That's my rant for the day. We haven't spoken on the WNBA for like three weeks because I was on a road trip to introduce my son to his grandmothers. Um, so I or great grandmothers. Um, I apologize for us being so late and I apologize for me going on these rants, maybe hating a little bit too much, get, getting too many hot takes, whatever. They've just been boiling over uh, when you drive over 4000 miles across the U.S. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you made it back safe. We made it through another free agency. Um I got a chance to breathe a little bit. I got engaged. I'm so very excited. A lot of of big things going on here. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for for riding with us through this free agency period. I'm happy to be back here chatting hoops with you. We'll be back with another episode soon. So uh, keep your ears to the podcast and make sure you subscribe on wherever you get your podcast. The Windsider Show.